Helping people is what I'm all about. Just don't expect any good results. You gotta study back home because my exquisite derriere might make you say otherwise. Don't expect me to fight the power without creating a scene. Hello and welcome to the Real Housewives of River Heights. My name is Jade Gregory and as always we have my wonderful and amazing fellow housewives Tina. Hello my beautiful dolls. And Nikki. Hello. Today on our episode we have special guest Heidi Vanderhoon. Hello. Hello. Thanks for joining us today. You want to tell the listeners some things about yourself? Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. So I'm actually in real life. I'm an archaeologist and I work in the Maya area. Me and my husband, we are actually a little team and we analyze obsidian and jade and turret objects in the whole Maya area. So we've worked in Copan, which is mentioned in the game that we're talking about today. And we've traveled all around. So from Mexico all the way down to Honduras, we've worked on different Maya sites. So this was a really exciting game. Actually, um, my first trip with him was in 2016. And we actually played this game in the field. <laughs> so that's that's like a cute memory for me. <laughs> Nice. I wow. love it. Have you been to Palenque? Is that where the yes. tombs are? Um, yes. I've, I haven't worked in Palenque, but we did go there. Um, it's amazing. Highly recommend going. It's just a beautiful site. Really well kept up. It's just beautiful. Um, so I highly recommend going. I've been... They don't let you in Pakal's tomb. It's called the Temple of the Inscriptions. They don't let you in there anymore. Uh, but you can go into his wife's tomb. So I've been in there, which is close enough. It's next to it. <laughs> <laughs> They're neighbors. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. But you worked on those fields. Uh, are they open to the public or is it closed off? Um, yeah. Pretty much visit the mall. Um, Copan is really amazing. They have a whole archaeological park. And it's also a reservation for caw birds. So it's like a, a crazy jungle experience and you can climb all of the pyramids there. And um, it's it's really amazing. I just really highly recommend visiting archaeological sites if you're ever in mm. any of those areas. It's yeah. it's great. It's really great. So. Wonderful. Love it. As always, spoiler warning for those who have not yet played the Nancy Drew video game series. Also, there will be swearing, talks of alcohol, etc., etc. So kick the kiddos out and let's get rolling. Today we will be discussing Nancy Drew and The Secret of the Scarlet Hand, number six in the series by Her Interactive. The game is loosely based on a book of the same name, book number 124 in the series by Carolyn Keene. The game was released on August 12, 2002. Between cases, Nancy has taken an internship as deputy curator at the Beach Hill Museum in Washington, D.C., where her father's friend, Franklin Rose, works on the board as the board of directors on the board of directors. The museum is about to open a new exhibit about the Mayans, with the centerpiece being a huge, mysterious monolith in, excavated in Palenque, Mexico. However, a few days later, one of the museum's most prized artifacts is stolen with only a red handprint left in its place. The theft seems connected to others across the country, and Nancy begins to investigate to find out the truth. Will you be able to put the pieces of this uh, ancient puzzle together, or will the mystery remain entombed forever? All right, so the game starts off with Joanna Riggs, 
who is the curator of Beach Hill Museum, showing Nancy around the museum, um, especially the prize piece, a carving of King Pakal made of jade. Jonah Riggs, she has an eagerness to obtain rare mine artifacts, but they have gotten her into financial trouble with the Beach Hill Board of Directors before. She knows a few Latin phrases and is usually all business. She doesn't get along well with the Mexican consulate due to artifacts that the museum has acquired under shady circumstances. This is actually one of the first scenes where you have a view of Nancy under um, shadow, but it's still exciting to see her. Um, and then shortly after, Joanna gives Nancy a task list to work on, which is kind of what you kind of do, like the whole whole game. So do we have any thoughts about Joanna? I keep calling her Joanna. <laughs> I want to love her because she's like a boss, you know, curator woman, archaeologist, but she's really kind of useless in the game and, <laughs> you know, doesn't actually care about archaeology, it seems, and also doesn't know anything and is just too busy working on whatever she's doing research on in her microscope. Like she just sets a teenager with no experience or training, just like do it, like just just do this stuff. <laughs> That's that's a good point because all I can remember from her is that annoying phrase Henry can help you with that like <laughs> yeah. aren't you the big hunch over here yeah. well I'm in front of you right now like right now can't you like just say some helpful stuff so I can do, do it why do you send me to ask the same question to someone else uh, so either she doesn't know how to do those stuff or she just wants Nancy to lose her time pestering other people doing their job so yeah. <laughs> yeah and then she even gets offended when you like ask her like oh where's Henrik I need to translate this thing and she's like what am I like fish food why didn't you ask me and it's like because you never you always deflect us to other people Joanna and he's literally an expert yeah on the glyphs like she says that yeah. in the beginning <laughs> Yeah, she did. She like mistranslated. She was like the go, the magician full gold, whatever, something like that. The magician suffers yellow death. Yeah, and it's like <laughs> not entirely like it's like vaguely correct, but Henrik is mm -hmm. like, oh, that's not actually correct. I also hate to break it to everyone, but it says nothing, nothing like that. So. What does it say? Oh. Does it say anything? Oh. It actually is so phonetically it's ik huboi, which means something like the wind god is conquered. It's just like oh. taken directly from like a monument. So most of the text on everything, um, and I'll get into this later, but they just kind of steal from monuments, which is kind of cool. They kind of steal from monuments and stuff. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, the I just want to say to anyone out there who's ever gotten like a tattoo or something from this game, like <laughs> it's not what you think it is. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, you heard it from you heard it from Heidi, folks. You might want to run by her and check what do you have tattooed <laughs> on your body. <laughs> send us are your send us your pictures of your tattoos. We'll yeah, let please. you know what do you actually have on your body, and hopefully <laughs> it's not too bad. <laughs> I'm not sure why someone would want the magician suffers yellow death tattooed on their body though, but yeah. you never know. Well, he says, "What does Henrik say?" The fool suffers. Yeah, it's the, something... What is it? The fool suffers, like, oozing... Yeah, it's like a plague or... of oozing hives. Yeah, which it definitely doesn't... <laughs> doesn't mean that either. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, yeah, the... 
all of this to say is that Joanna is a bad boss. Yeah. <laughs> this 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 is the conclusion. And then she doesn't even have like respect for the field because she does shady deals. So yes, yeah. mm-hmm. which we learn about as we as we go. What she's done. Yeah. All right. So um. Let's see. So after talking to Joanna, you meet Henrik Vanderhue, a world-renowned expert on mine hieroglyphics. So he works at the Beach Museum. He was hired by Joanna from the Shaco Cannon Culture Center, where he pre- he worked previously. He's an expert on glyph translations. He works in the museum's lab studying priceless artifacts. Perhaps he's learned something in his translations, and then he stole the Bacal Stone to keep others from learning its secrets. Heidi, can you ask for me? Can you ask your husband why he's not wearing a shirt under his lab coat? <laughs> <laughs> Always to ask. <laughs> He's just really into beige. Beige is the the overall color of archaeology. Khaki, beige. Adobe beige. Like the green khaki. <laughs> yes, Adobe beige. Mm-hmm. I bet that's what <laughs> it is. I bet that's Adobe us beige. See him in a you know a non innocent light. I get it. I get it. Yeah, uh-huh. he is. <laughs> He's kind of rich. Gotta do what you so. gotta do. <laughs> I was playing this game on Friday, and I was like, "Why is Henrik like jacked?" <laughs> they didn't have to do that, but they did. He goes to the gym. <laughs> they really did. He climbs pyramids. He climbs it is and falls. It's exhausting. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh yeah. I'll, they are kind of terrifying to climb because mm-hmm. the in some of them the stairs get smaller. As you go up, so you oh, reach gosh. a point where like your toes are on the <laughs> stair and you're like, I'm going to die. <laughs> like they tell you to climb down some of them like with your hand, like like crawling, but like your feet first, like kind of on your butt. So yeah, so I've almost fallen down and just <laughs> his like fall flashes through my brain every time I'm I'm on a pyramid. <laughs> first thing first, I just want to say, if you want to know what a silver fox is, in the Nancy Drew <laughs> game, look no further than Henrik van der Heun, real yes. silver fox. But also, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. about about Henrik, um, for an archaeologist, are there any instances where an archaeologist can, you know, become rich or make m- make a <laughs> lot of money, or are they all poor? <laughs> Um, all the work you do pretty much all poor (laughs) it really yeah i mean if you get a really good job like with tenure at a university you could be good set but you know most of the time you're like you're not you're not rich you're not you're not doing this to make money i've made no money off of this (laughs) yeah we even like pay for our own flights sometimes to like get down there to work on stuff so doing and you have to pay for your own flight Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're like doing uh, your own research, pretty is, much. Is it at so. least no? Is it, is it economy or is it better? <laughs> Depends oh, on yeah, how many yeah, yeah. 
flyer points I have at the time. (laughs) It is from him that we learn about Hurricane Sonny in his words. So Sonny was the last deputy curator for the museum. He left behind a very helpful notebook with maps and doodles. But Henrik was not very fond of him or his theories about the Mayans were abducted by aliens. I will say this though. I will say this. Uh, I'm interested to know your thoughts on Sonny. That's why I because Sonny had a piece of pottery in his box and mm-hmm. he he hid a lot of stuff he touched mm-hmm. a lot of stuff and I know you're not a museum curator but as an archaeologist how does it how do you feel about someone like Sonny June working in in a museum well I have a lot of thoughts about Sonny June you know as a kid I loved him but then now um that I'm older in in archaeology, you just realize, so the whole saying Mm -hmm. aliens did stuff like build the pyramids, it's it's so like racist um, because it's totally not crediting. It's saying like, how could they figure this out? It must have been aliens. So in in the culture, you know, they say like, oh, the Maya, they're gone. Like they disappeared. They're gone. But no, they're here. They're, They're here today. Like there's tons of Maya people in Guatemala and Honduras everywhere. Um, and you know, the, the thing you hear most is like, Oh, aliens, they're gone. They got abducted. They're all gone. They couldn't have built the pyramids. It must've been aliens. So it's like really like as an, as an adult and in archeology, span you just see how that, even though it's a joke, like aliens, um, you see how it's harmful to people's idea of the Maya. So that on that end, that's what I think about that. Um, but also he sucks at his job and that is not how you handle really (laughs) fragile pottery. (laughs) And he clearly yeah. had no respect. Yeah, I never thought about it. So. That, like, I love his passion for aliens, you know, probably in hyper fixation, and probably why he uh, buys all of the, the-, the super wacky conspiracy theories when it comes to aliens. But yeah, I never thought about how it came across, like, how disrespectful it is to these cultures um, about all of mm-hmm. the work that they put on in their the pyramids or the architectures itself. So yeah, I, just, I didn't think about it that way. So it's an really interesting way to look at Sunny like now as an adult. Mm-hmm. Also, I think that um, Henrik mm-hmm. says that he like took would take like take artifacts out of displays and like rearrange stuff. And I think he even broke stuff. So yeah, oh yeah, he broke stuff. <sighs> I mean, Nancy doesn't use gloves to touch anything in this game, and. She she just willy-nilly opens every case she has she to get does. into. And so I already have an issue with that. Yeah, and like, to be <laughs> honest, she I don't think she was qualified to even put that vase back together. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. No, she, well, she had zero training, so I can't blame her for that. Who was it? Like Franklin Rose? Was it another rich white guy who... Yes. Managed yeah. to put Nancy in a in a position where that she has no business in. Yeah, yeah. straight up nepotism, right there. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> I mean, I used to I used to work yeah. as a gallery guard in an art museum. So this game now as an adult pisses me off to know. <laughs> like I just. <laughs> I know some of you. This is your favorite game, uh, and my sound like we're being <laughs> negative right now. <laughs> 
I am being negative. (laughs) These are just the realities of how this is a game. This is a game and not a real museum. You just have to tell yourself that. (laughs) Nancy's not about to put her greasy hands on everything in real life. Speaking of... Yeah. I mean, her... the, The jade carvings would be fine with her touching them, except... They already talked about how they rub right. cinnabar into their carvings. So that would be bad. Very wonder, bad. <laughs> yeah. I was like, they surely they don't just like dip a finger in the cinnabar and are like, you know, I assumed that they did it with like a brush or something, but still. Yeah. But Nancy's just like carrying it around. <laughs> right now she's kind of radioactive. There's nothing that is going to kill her <laughs> at this point. I mean, she came back to life so many times. There's no, there's nothing, nothing to stop her really. Not even Speaking cinema. of accuracy, <laughs> one thing that I did notice in this game is some of the Maya facts around the museum are incorrect. Namely, um, they use an Aztec god as one of the Maya gods. Yeah. Um, well, is it? Are, are you talking about Tlaloc? Yeah. He actually shows up in oh. all the way down in Copan, even. So Tlaloc is kind of he's kind of passed down. He's an Aztec god, but he's kind of taken by okay. the Maya. Um, and used so so that one that one's okay um but mm-hmm. there are other things that are kind of like eh. I think that we should have this a whole section just for the accuracies and gameplay yes. mm-hmm. there we go yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about this later after meeting Henrik, we eventually meet Alejandro del Rio. He is the attache to the Mexican consulate, and he's a little ticked off at Joanna in the museum for taking an artifact he believes rightfully belongs where it came from, his homeland of Mexico. So, rightfully, <laughs> yes, he's so not wrong. Alejandro actually knows several languages Spanish, English, and Quiche. Nah, no, he speaks nah, Nahuatl. Yeah. So they actually yeah. never pronounce. So it's it's they say Nahuatl, yeah. but it's actually pronounced Nahuatl. Oh. And like, so when you ask him for the word for snake, he's like Coatl, uh-huh. and it's it's Coat. So sense. like, you don't pronounce it. So like, they yeah they 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 struggle with pronouncing pretty much everything yeah. in this game. <laughs> So they're probably just reading. Yeah, it, I which, don't think they looked it up. It, yeah. yeah. So Alejandro passionately believes that all artifacts should be returned to the country they were found, especially when it comes to his home country, Mexico. He believes that Mexico has been robbed of one of its greatest artifacts, the Pakal carving. Would he take extreme measures in order to bring back all the artifacts to Mexico? They paint him in such a bad light. <laughs> yeah. Like, Nancy's straight up rude to him, and I feel like she talks down to him. And she walks up and it's like, me yamo, me yamo. Oh, this, is, this was awful. Yeah, I cringed so much when she said that. And mm-hmm. not that, not that Nancy's not trying. I mean, when she went to France, she, she, she tried that as well. It, but, you know, you know, what can you do? And honestly, um, if you are a kid, if you are a kid, uh, maybe you will see Alejandro in a bad light. You might wonder, hey, what is this guy like angry about? Why is he always angry and always yelling at Nancy? It's like, like what did she even do to him? She's just talking to him calmly and he's just uh, yelling at her or, or talking loudly at her. But as an adult, as an adult, you understand more about history. You understand more about colonialism, conquistadors. So now you're like, oh, he actually was yeah. right. He actually, he actually had a point there. Nessie, Nessie is the... 
Nancy's the one who needed to be educated. And, and there was this part where she was like, but Alejandro, this happened hundreds of years ago. What does this have to do with today and Beach Hill? Yeah, uh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> And it's like, that's, it, it's so like ignorant. And then she, I think the other dialogue option is like something like, oh, Joanna just wants to display your artwork and like show it to as many people as possible. And he's like, well, they should come to Mexico then. Yeah, it's like, he's, he's totally wrong. right. Yeah, he's not wrong. Also, it, it helps that honestly, this game has some hot people in it. Very true. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. he's hot for sure. Yeah, he's hot. So, you know. Better to sin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's definitely hot. Even Joanna is hot, to be fair. There's, She's cute. Um, there's one part of the game, like when you give the a, the monolith agreement thing to Alejandro and he insists on coming himself to give it back to Joanna. I don't know if it's just me, but I always felt like they were like banging or something they because are. he was like very <laughs> insistent that he go there in person. And Nancy's like, I can do it. And he's like, no, I'm going to go. So I always thought that like maybe on the low, he was like having something. But he calls Joanna. her a modern day. Yeah, a modern day conquistador. And is so mad at her. <laughs> yeah, they're enemies <laughs> to lovers. Uh. I mean, I mean... It's kind of easy to make an enemy out of Joanna. It's just so easy. I, the getting to the lover part is, that's the tricky part. <laughs> All right. So when you first check out the museum's garden, this is when you meet Taylor Sinclair, the art dealer who helped Joanna get a hold of the monolith. Taylor, Sin Taylor Sinclair is an art dealer with an office in Washington, D.C. He believes something shady is going on at Beach Hill and fears for the future of the museum. He's also concerned about the robbery robberies of Prudence Rutherford at a museum in New Mexico. Is he just pretending to be concerned to get off Nancy's suspect list? So about Taylor Sinclair, it's this guy. I mean, we we know from the beginning that he's a crook. Yeah, he yeah. looks sleazy. He acts sleazy. He looks sleazy. He, he looks, looks real greasy. greasy. <laughs> I I played this game with my my partner on Friday, and as soon as Taylor appeared, he had like had a visceral <laughs> reaction. Just like I hate this guy. Let's say this is your first time playing it, and you don't know who the culprit is, and all of that. I don't know how you could imagine an ending when the, where this guy doesn't at least get in some trouble <laughs> with the law. It's a, it's like, dude. If the ending doesn't include him just like getting exposed for being a crook, I don't know what that. He either is the villain yeah. or he is about to get called by the police for something totally different. I don't know. Yeah, but he's, he's guilty of something. Yeah, I don't know if you guys ever noticed, but actually, if you read the provenance documents for the um, Pakal carving, uh, one of the previous owners, I think the one that actually Joanna and Taylor bought the carving from in an auction, they died because their air conditioner malfunctioned. And I feel like it's something somewhat suggested that Taylor may have killed that like he may have been responsible for that because oh. they got the they got the call carving this. in an estate auction because this old couple who owned it died and their estate was auctioned off and that's how Joanna got the carving and so I think you can sort of connect the dots and assume that Taylor may have tampered with their air conditioning and killed them to get I the think carving there's, there's a note in there that says something like it's a shame their air yeah. conditioner went out at 
at this in the heat of the yeah, summer or something like that. Yeah, and it was like, like oh, that. unfortunately, they didn't have any kids, so like we have to auction off their estate, and that's how Beach Hill got the Pakal carving. Hmm. Did it say how much they paid for A the million carving dollars. Beach Hill? It's like, yeah, it's around $1 million is what it says. Can we talk about Taylor's cookies? Oh, my gosh. Those, like, <laughs> Oaxacan Oreos. This hurt my soul <laughs> when I heard this. My childhood was just blown away. <laughs> so, Heidi, those cookies, those cookies. Cookies? Are, well, are chocolate the is a huge yeah. thing, especially in the whole Maya area. Um, so, yes, chocolate cookies would be a thing. I don't know about a specific Oaxacan cookie. Do they have these scum? Uh, <laughs> not that I've seen. Not that I've seen. <laughs> but I, but chocolate. Seriously, like hot chocolate. Like uh, the Maya used to drink hot chocolate. Um, I think there was a previous episode where you guys talked about mm-hmm. chocolate milk. Oh. Um, and you talked about it, it goes back. So they, yeah, they used to yeah, actually so cacao beans like came from the area and they actually traded them and used them kind of as currency. They've actually made fake cacao beans before as like like fake money. <laughs> um but yeah, no, they'll have like uh-huh. kings and people will have you'll find like a cup and it'll say on it like this is their chocolate drinking cup and it's it was a big thing. They put like um peppers in it so it was like spicy. Um but it's really, really good. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was a big thing. It's oh, super yeah, spicy good. chocolate. It's weird because really you're like sweating oh. in the jungle, but then you drink it and it's it's just so good. <laughs> I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. There is no wrong time to no, have hot chocolate. I don't know. Jungle sweats don't sound very good. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's weird. You just gotta you just gotta do it someday. Just drink uh, your hot chocolate. Yeah. In the middle of the jungle. Yeah. Yeah, I would do it mm-hmm. in the middle of the jungle. Mm-hmm. Love hot chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Taylor explains that there's been a rash of thefts in the art world, and he's worried that Beach Hill will be next. One of the victims of a theft is Prudence Rutherford, who is a reoccurring phone character throughout the series who makes her debut in this game. How do we feel about Prudence? So I don't want to, okay, I don't want to bring in the other games. I will judge it based on just it here. Um, I will say this. She is absolutely awful. (laughs) Her voice is nice. Her voice is nice. I will tell you. Um, I think they changed the voice at some point. I don't I know. I feel like but it was a man doing her voice. Like, did it anyone else? It, I, yeah. I thought it sounds like a man doing like a falsetto. It's the same guy that does the audio guide, I think. Oh, okay. Oh, it's, uh, I don't know. I just, I like the sound of his voice in this game. However, the character, it's, uh, the character itself is kind of awful. <laughs> uh, whoever did that voice portrayed well what a socialite basically is honestly making a necklace out of uh, an actual mind artifact just making it a a necklace necklace so you can go at parties and show it to your guests Uh, how can how you cannot be more socialized than this yeah i mean just um, poppy dada took her carving and glued it to a painting so at least she's like a teenager yeah (laughs) but Yeah. yeah prudence like she cares, but I don't think she actually knows. Like she she funds all this stuff, but then she like she's like my so and so relative archaeologist from the past stole this, and it's beautiful, and I love it, so I made it into a necklace. So it's like I don't know. Yeah, she it's like you care, but also you don't understand. <laughs> 
how this yeah, is a bad no, thing. Like, I'm sure a lot of rich socialized care, but in a very surf- surface level way. It's the same when when a rich person hosts a charity ball. It is basically it. It's a charity ball. Oh, look at me! Just like you know, having all these people they're giving to charity and all of that. But really, it's about you know, it's 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 all about you know, showing off to your rich friends um, and philanthropy. You know, yeah. What better way than philanthropy? Mm-hmm. Uh, I might I might be harsh when it comes to to prudence. I'm I'm extra or harsher because I don't know if you guys notice this, but in the magazine interview that prudence does where you first learn about her she mentions that her first husband drowned and i kind of read it like prudence may have killed him because she says like oh he like mysteriously drowned i think after like they had lived in kansas for some time and she was like everyone thought i would go back to new york after my husband mysteriously drowned but i stayed in kansas and i'm like it all these sounds murder like plots in the background yeah <laughs> I don't know if they intended it that way, but I was like, kind of sounds like she killed him. Oh, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if she. Well, because she also goes on to have like multiple. She goes on to be married. Like he I think probably three more insulted times. the mm-hmm. corn growers' ball or whatever it is that makes you like yeah. have to apologize. <laughs> yeah, if you insult the corn growers' ball, corn growers' ball, you get ejected from the conversation and you can't progress until you like. Are call you her back and a apologize. corn grower or a corn shower? <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I had to bring it up. (laughs) I mean, and also ball, like, uh, it it was just perfect. But on a um, Maya fact, fun fact, so they, corn was like their main food group. Like they ate corn and everything. They thought people were like Mm -hmm. made of corn. So it's like the gods give you corn, you eat the corn, and then your blood, your body feeds the gods. So that's like the human sacrifice thing. It's all related to corn. Mm -hmm. So that's your fun corn fact. (laughs) Interesting. Did they they find out about popcorn? That I don't um, know. I think the native... I think the Native Americans invented popcorn, right? Like the um, indigenous North Americans. I thought. I'm not sure, but it seems likely. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if you have corn and you leave it under the sun, it's gonna pop. Some, some. If it's very hot outside, some, some. I think you. It has to be like yeah, the dried ones, the dried ones. ones. Yeah, they had dried corn. They had to dry it out to make bread and things like that. I imagine it probably was a thing, but I don't actually know. I haven't looked that up, but I'll find it out. I'll let you know. (laughs) We're asking all the the good questions I'll ask my my husband and we'll figure it out. (laughs) Did the Mayans have popcorn? (laughs) (laughs) The The viewers need to know. Just like Taylor worst fears we leave the museum and we come back and surprise surprise the jade pakal carving has been stolen and left in the broken case is a piece of paper with red handprint and some mayan glyphs on it so um because there's mayan glyphs on this uh we try to go look for henrik in the lab we leave the lab and what do we hear sirens and tumbling down the temple stairs Henrik, bam, on the floor. He landed so badly, he not only gets a concussion, but he also gets amnesia. 
we love it when the, there is a you know a cliche like amnesia. <laughs> we just love it. It's our very favorite trope. So here's a question: Do we think that Henrik was pushed, or do we think that he actually fell? Because I've debated this in some Nancy Drew stories. <laughs> it was some aliens. It was aliens. <laughs> <laughs> I think <laughs> I always thought pushed too. Um, I have talked to people who think that Henrik legitimately fell. I always thought it was Taylor mm-hmm. who pushed him, but um, I have talked to people. I mean, who think so that if you that's go to Henrik's he notes fell. and he talks about Big Bunny, so he knew him because it's right. alleged that that's Taylor Sinclair yes. in the end. Yeah, yeah. Because so Poppy Dada will it tell makes you that sense that he would try to murder him. If we have all these murder subplots mm. here, yeah. Because um, for yeah, for those who don't know, in Henrik's journal, you find out that him and Taylor used to smuggle. There's no art good archaeologist in this. Really, tuition. they're all horrible. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's it was a situation. It sucks. It it, it sucks because on one hand you have. Well, I mean, if you get a PhD, especially in the United States, you're pretty much setting yourself to never to never be rich. You your your art will be perpetually yeah. poor. <laughs> Depends on the PhD. Yeah, I mean, if you can manage to repay all of those debts, I mean. But you on one hand you are in so much debt. On the other hand, you could get out of it but it would mean committing committing serious crimes and you know stealing from tombs, which goes against which goes should go against your um your moral of co- moral code as an yeah, archaeologist. It was so painful to do the whole smuggling plot in that. It was just like context for artifacts oh is everything. God. In archaeology, like just getting a random object mm-hmm. doesn't mean anything. So, like if you if you get something that's been looted and it it can't really tell you anything if you can't prove where it came from, you can't see the context where it was in the ground. It just you lose everything basically. And so, when he's smuggling things, mm-hmm. he's literally destroying the archaeological record, and that should be appalling to him if he actually cares about this stuff. And I guess he doesn't. <laughs> They yeah. want us to realize that he is no longer a person anymore, and he—I mean, he changed. So he's trying he? to prevent big Maybe. money because he's still—I mean, he still has the ham radio yeah. and all of the information on how to smuggle mm-hmm. the artifacts. Yes, so he does. They don't say that he's not smuggling anymore. Plus, um, in regards to like Nancy spending all this time going back and forth between trying to help him remember, he remembers that he wrote those glyphs on the scarlet hand note that was found at the crime scene and like he like remembers taking the carving but he doesn't like remember stealing it so you know kind of throws more suspicion on him i always wondered um because i don't think henrik actually did the other thefts where the scarlet hand was left so i always wondered if maybe he left a scarlet handprint so that it would like tie back to because i assume it was taylor who did those he other left thefts, be- right? like he left before the theft happened in shako right so those thefts like the other scarlet handprint thefts i, oh, that I was, was wondering taylor. the same thing uh, i'm not sure i don't know because do it, we find out they leave it kind I mean, of I, vague they don't do- yeah, they don't directly say. We know that 
I'm like, could um, it be Henrik? Like, I yeah, I don't know. That's the thing. Like, because it, it couldn't have, well, one of them couldn't have been Henrik because he left Chaco Canyon um, before it mm-hmm. happened. It happened like two days how after. How do we know he, he wasn't still in the area? But how would, yeah, I don't know. How would, um, what, who, who, who must, mustache guy, <laughs> Taylor, Taylor, how would, how would Taylor do it also? He didn't, he didn't work there also. So, Technically, he knew Prudence Rutherford. He said he would see her at functions every now and then. Um, it's sort of somewhat implied that he killed the people who owned the Pakal to get it. Um, and I don't know about the Chaco. He doesn't really have a connection to Chaco Canyon at all. But yeah, I wish they would have explained more directly. Nancy drew the game but- that confuses us more than answers questions. And you never find the real ones that got stolen. Like we get the the styrofoam case and you make a cast of it and then we get the replica one we never find those so yeah you get one of them the real ones because we get it on the black market (laughs) but that's the only one yeah we get the replica of the fire ruby necklace and we get the plaster cast of the other ones yeah i guess we never according to like some blogs i was reading they also believe that henrik was pushed because he knew who was behind it that's what I so always thought. So they're saying that he, that knew it was Taylor. he was trying to help because he does say once he remembers that he was trying to protect it. So he took it um, to try to protect it. Um, yeah, I always assumed that too. That like he knew it was Taylor, and so because Taylor could have hid in the temple mm-hmm. for a while and waited for people to yeah. leave and then sneak out so yes. no one saw him. That okay. So we find one of the one of those thingies. Was it called? the hieroglyphs? Yeah, um, one of those glyphs, carving. Yeah. I mean, yeah. In in the well, if you do all three level level three puzzles, you find it in the tomb, the mm-hmm. where you get the glow stick. So, mm-hmm. or uh, is it Henrik who put it there, or is yes, it, it was so Henrik. It would be Henrik put it there because he then fell from it. So was he getting chased by Taylor? He ran up there, ran in there, hit it, and then Taylor pushed him because he was angry. That's what I was thinking. Maybe, maybe he hid it there, and then he he ran from. Or from did he trip when he was running away from hiding it? So you know. I mean, it's stairs. <laughs> it's it stairs. could be either way. <laughs> or sunny. But it is suspicious. <laughs> Aliens. All right. <laughs> Right. Eventually, Joanna is suspended from her position. Oh my god! So Nancy is left pretty much alone <laughs> to keep watch over the museum. I can't remember why she was suspended. She was suspended because you talk to um, Alejandro Del Rio and say that she lied about, or no, that she ordered um, cinnabar or something like that. You like talk to Alejandro about that, and he's like, "Did you tell the police?" And then when you get back to the museum, they're like, an anonymous tip was called into the police and I have to come in for questioning. So then they suspend her and then they're like, the best, we, the board's decided that you're the best option to run the museum. <laughs> <laughs> That's no, a more uh, like, no. It's like none of you can come in and do, it's like, no, 18 year old girl, <laughs> you are the best option. <laughs> Yeah, that was wild. Like, I don't even think Nancy has no, like a degree. No, she's eighteen. You're she's literally like, alone yeah. in the museum with 
you know, priceless artifacts everywhere, running the show. Imagine if Sunny June still worked there. <laughs> this the museum would be like a chaos. It, the, uh, I mean, I, I'm scared just thinking about it. What Sunny could have done at that museum while you know Nancy was Nancy is investigating could have done. Especially if the if uh, jo- Joanna and Henrik are no longer there to supervise. Mm-hmm. We're just kind of all about yeah. us. I wish someone had this much confidence in me. <laughs> to run a whole museum yeah. and curation and all of that. Yeah, and then it's like weird because Nancy's like, oh, I'm not qualified to be a, a curator. And Franklin's like, well, I actually want you to be a detective. And it's like, but running the museum does not require detective skills. <laughs> Um, oh, eventually Henrik begins to regain his memories and the translation of the glyphs on the monolith. It turns out the monolith is actually a stone prison, enclosing the body, soul, and entire written works of the Whisperer, a female scribe who wrote an unflattering account of how King Bacall rose to power. The translation mentions four keys to open the prison, and we have to find those four keys. First of all, the Whisperer is a hater. Like, how <laughs> dare you talk about that? Uh, talk about that way to your king. Come on. So, <laughs> yes. So they give her like an Aztec name, first of all. But also there's no evidence that there were female scribes that I know of. So that's Ooh. that's a bummer, number one. But two, her story is kind of true. Um, she did kind of pull some strings to get Bacall to be the the king. So that was kind was of a true-ish kind of story. Because it usually goes from male to male. But it went from male. And then mm-hmm. she kind of took over. And then was like, he's to, to like hold the place for him to be king, kind of. So because he was like a kid when uh, it took over. So anyway. All right. So we have to find these four keys. The one is the one hidden in the, in the whatever. It's the one that Henrik hid, right? The one is the one that we get the foam thing. Yeah. Oh, what's the other one? The other one's in the poppy painting. Yeah. Oh, where's the fourth one? Uh, There's the necklace. The necklace one. The, so the, other the one. smuggled yeah. one from Honduras. Oh, the smuggled yeah. one. I'm forgetting about the black market one. Yeah. So we're getting yeah. all four of these. And it's. I think it's it's six pieces, though, isn't it? Six. There's the There's calendar the, stones. Yeah. Well, it's supposed to be like the Pakal yeah. side, the yes. Whisperer side, and then there's... The four directions. Yes, those are yeah. the. It just yeah. That's what my notes say that there's four different carvings we need to. Oh, find. good. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, there are four. Um, what's interesting though is like the way that the key works. You honestly didn't even really need the carvings. Like I feel like you could have taken a reverse impression of the like what whatever like the holes that you put the key in and could have just made it. <laughs> it. It doesn't really seem like you actually needed the, the whole carvings. thing defies like physics and. Like, it's a piece of stone. <laughs> How does it work? <laughs> yeah, well, it's like, I, I don't know. Because it's not as if the carvings aren't 3D, like, as in, like, the faces on them don't come out. So it's not as if they have, like, that shape mm-hmm. of a hole inside. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, in theory, you should have just been able to push it and then yeah, open it. more complicated but... than it probably actually would have ever been. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so we, we, throughout the game and a little bit towards the end, we like put up, we put this square key together and we're figuring out how to open the monolith. And when we finally finish and open it, inside is a mummy! 
um, who is holding, it's the scribe holding what would assume to be her scandalizing document. However, when Nancy picks it up, it's blank, but the culprit doesn't know that. And they take it from Nancy and our culprit is... Taylor Sinclair. <laughs> I'm shocked. No. <laughs> no. Never. This Never saw it coming. Can't be. I feel like by the time you figure out he used to smuggle art, it's like that kind of makes it obvious mm-hmm. that he's that the culprit. His greasiness, but <laughs> all the greasy. <laughs> yeah. Well, that combined with the with the like the provenance document that says that he. Like that old couple who died from their broken air conditioner that may or may not have been him. I think that's the evidence that you're supposed to put together. Oh, right. Then he throws us into the tomb. So now we're in a tomb with a (laughs) mummy. And I don't know about anyone else, but that is nightmare fuel. It scared me so much as a kid. Especially like when you die, if you don't get out in time, it shows a newspaper article from like 500 years in the future or something they're like oh they found a 21st century mummy and a like whatever oh yeah that is so funny i love that newspaper clip (laughs) because she's holding a magnifying glass (laughs) yeah and and she still has makeup on (laughs) there's like lipstick on the mummy oh my gosh um so we end up finding our way out and we find the real document hidden in a secret compartment within the tomb so the document would probably be be more uh important than any other artifact in there because there's very very Mm -hmm. few Mm -hmm. maya documents left um from the conquistadors but also they don't preserve well so like yeah so they're there's very few of those. So that would have been like a huge deal to find that. And mm-hmm. uh, the mummy, what about it? Can Is it valuable? Can, can it display that? I mean, that? we can't say artifacts are valuable because then we're Joanna Riggs. <laughs> <laughs> but it would have been an important... They're priceless. It would have been an important discovery, yeah. And I love that they put the key, the jade, in her mouth because they used to do that... Um, Mm-hmm. put stuff something in their mouth like a jade in their mouth um, when they buried them so that's like oh. in this game they really did their research for little details like that so mm-hmm. that that i appreciated a lot oh interesting <laughs> All right, I have one more thing. When Nancy finally gets out, all the other characters recite a strange poem about how Nancy. <laughs> yes, I was gonna bring this down. up if you were. I have it written down. Yes. A, it's a so strange fucking poem good. about how Nancy's awesome and all of history thanks her or whatever. So they say, Behold, our heroine emerges from the tomb like a mermaid from the sea. <laughs> Meanwhile, the foolish villain stews in the sour soup of their own miscalculation. From deep in the recesses of time, a wise royal scribe whispers her thanks. And a priceless <laughs> chapter of history is rescued from obscurity. Way to go, Nancy. And all three of them are just standing there. Yeah, I'm like, did they <laughs> rehearse this? Like, they were just waiting for it to come out. Nobody was, like, with yeah. a crowbar trying to, like, She's in their try it was helping they saw They saw Sinclair push She's her literally in there dying. Like, yeah, and they were like, Wait, oh, she'll get out, but we should be ready. Out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Listen, for my 30th birthday, if I don't I don't come to a surprise party and my guests do not recite me a poem similar <laughs> to this, praising uh, praising my skills, my beauty, everything, I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> I'll just go back. <laughs> These people setting the bar, just like making Nancy look like you know, it's shit. like Nancy's passed out and is having this weird dream because she's suffocating. 
But also, like, if they saw Taylor, like, why didn't they try to subdue him or something? Like, they could have... <laughs> there was three of them. Like, one of them could have, like, tackled him. They were him too busy and, working I don't know. on their... <laughs> <laughs> on their poem, okay? It's more important here. We just celebrate Nancy just uh, coming out of a tomb. They, they wrote two poems. One in case she died yeah, and one to like say at her funeral and then yeah. she got out. <laughs> Who would they? Yeah, they, they wrote a eulogy too. That's how much time they had to just stand Last there. Last but not least, some honorable mentions are our phone friends. We have Bess Marvin, George Fain, Frank and Joe Hardy, and Franklin Rose as our phone contact this is the first hardy boys right yeah uh-huh. i think so, Bess yeah. and georgia if there is a prize for the longest card game ever then it should go to Bess and george because each time when you when you call them <laughs> they're still at their card oh. game they're still at it yeah they're playing like go fish too Are they? which shouldn't take oh, that long yeah Oh god. They're what playing is up like with a Nancy tournament. Joe and the full, the go, what is up with Nancy Drew games and the Goldfish games? I love that you call <laughs> Frank and Joe on their car phone. Yeah, God. The car, this game is like ancient. Oh uh, yeah. And uh I like love the fact that the Bess and George are kind of acting as if as if uh you know the the Hardy boys are excited in that way to you know talk to Nancy you know in that way I don't know it, it felt like they uh, it felt like they were trying she was they were trying to push Nancy and the Hardy boys together for some reason I don't know it felt weird I mean, yeah, I mean, fuck Ned. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's move on to our environment. So we're in a museum. This is our first museum of the Nancy Drew franchise, I believe. Yes, I think so. There are, I forget, there's like one other or two others. Uh, There's Labyrinth of Lies. I I can't think of another museum. That's the only one I can think of. Um, so we're yeah. in a museum. We have like the front lobby area. We have like the main artifacts area. We have the inside of the um, pyramid where all the, like the games are and puzzles and things like that. We have behind that where our monolith is in the garden area and we have our lab area. And then we have like Alejandro's place, Taylor Sinclair's, Sinclair's place. And then we have our what? We live in a hotel. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're like living in a holiday like a holiday in with really bad bedding. <laughs> <laughs> Typical for that. So let's. I would die for a museum like this being close right. to me. <laughs> it's a yeah, it's a really nice museum. Like that, that temple I is would, honestly like, really exactly. cool. As a kid, I would have loved that, but like even as an adult, I would love to play those games. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly. I I I love the the whole pyramid like going in and then going further further down by you know playing games getting further further down i love that aspect about it Mm -hmm. i'm gonna have to deduce points because there are no there are no gift shops oh yeah yeah on one hand yes there are no gift shops and gift shops are a must in every museum because i always stop by the gift shop Mm mm-hmm on but on the other hand, like nothing is secure in this museum. I could just, you know, the the museum is a gift shop. I could just take one of these things and <laughs> go home. 
Yeah, because I think um, Taylor says that the security there at the museum isn't that great. Like, they have alarms, but I don't think they have, like... I'm not even sure if they have cameras, honestly, because, like, Taylor's like, oh, the board won't pay for I mean, they for didn't see Henrik security. snatching the, the, you know... Yeah, like, the alarm went off, but I'm pretty sure... Because I was thinking about this today, like, what exactly the timeline was, and I'm pretty sure what happened is Henrik broke the case took the pakal and left the note then ran into the temple to hide it and then i think when he falls down the stairs he's like come he's coming up out of the temple but from the, hiding the it. falling down the temple it happened it happens way later than when the alarm went off it does but it could have been like a i think it could have been like a couple hours so maybe he was like in there hiding it and it took a little while for him oh, to get okay. all the way down and then he's like, he came back up as Nancy sees him fall. That's what I assume, because I'm not sure why else he would have been in there again. Or he took it and left to not talk to the cops or something, and then came back to hide it in there. Maybe. maybe. Oh, maybe. Remember, that one, remember that one quiz question that, oh, no, 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 it's, it's the third level. No, you know what? The third level puzzle where he, he couldn't figure out... Like um, Sunny June made up, uh, yeah, made up, like oh, a, what Pakal was scared. Yeah, of? what was Pakal yeah. afraid of? Maybe he spent a few are the hours. the cutest things ever. Maybe he spent uh. a few hours like trying to guess which animal it is, and by the time he got it, it was like, oh my gosh, it's been a few days. I've been working on this question, but I found the answer. Now I can open that coffin and put it in there. I do love the idea of Henrik frantically answering all the temple quizzes. <laughs> He's like, "Shit, I gotta get through." What? Where? Where did he call it? He spends a few hours just on that on that map puzzle, on that maze puzzle. Yeah, because I don't even. I mean, Nancy gets like a normal temple key card. I wonder if there's like one for employees where you can just bypass everything. Because surely there has to be, right? You yeah. can't just like have to do the quiz every time you need to go down there <laughs> yeah it's like the janitor has to get uh, through the to quizzes be fair, joanna is the head curator we never know maybe she gave him like a, a normal a, a normal card i mean nessie is supposed to, yeah. to be the assistant curator but she had a normal mm-hmm. card so maybe he had a normal card as well yeah, that's what I was wondering about. Because I'm like, surely the deputy curator mm-hmm. should have had like an employee yeah. card. But and the quizzes are like one of the hardest parts of the game. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like because you have to, unless you cheat, you have to like run all over the museum reading everything mm-hmm. to get the answers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's a lot of having to write everything you see down. Yeah, because if you don't, you're gonna have to run around and find all the information you do. Have you guys ever seen a Quadamundi? They are no. so no. cute. Like I highly recommend Googling it <laughs> right now because they, they're they like a mix between like a lemur looking thing and like a raccoon. And they're they so eyes. cute. They've got like their nose. I don't know. Their nose really moves around and they've got those long tails. Aww. But they're also not really scared of you. Like I've had one crawl on my shoulders before and like Aww. sniff me and they're so cute. Like they're one of my favorite animals. They're so cute. <laughs> so I just yeah, I just googled Quadimundi in the in the Google 
check I'm checking the images and I love how one of the top images it's about a toxic woman, a dog getting attacked by Kwari Mundi. I just I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I love this this is the sort of <laughs> stuff that they that they digged up for me. <laughs> But they are so cute. It's I think true. I was at Where was I? I don't know if it was Palenque. I think there were some at Palenque. There's definitely some in like Tulum area of Mexico. There's like tons of them at the site there. They just like hang out. Okay, so when they open their mouths, it's the, that part is scary. When they yawn or open mm. their mouth wide open, then they have these two very big fangs on the, at the bottom. I think it's that part that scares people. Or maybe it's the images that I'm seeing, but you check. For the most ones. part, they're adorable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah. But like, those fangs, though, it could, mm -hmm. it could kill you. And they really, they walk around with their tails straight up like that. <laughs> they're really cute. So let's see. Um, any comments about the monolith? I know you mentioned some stuff earlier to us about some fun facts about the monolith yes so my husband and i have translated it you know like hendrick said he was doing so now would be a good time to like look at a picture of the monolith um you don't have to but like <laughs> it'll make more sense <laughs> if you're looking at it so i'm gonna do like a little breakdown of what is on the monolith so if you're not familiar with maya art it kind of looks crazy like it's really complicated there's so much going on Uh, my husband says it looks like spaghetti. It's just, you don't know what you're looking at. <laughs> so the monolith has four sides, obviously. Um, the middle panels are all the same on every side. It's a person standing there, um, and there's a captive under his feet. And then they put the um, calendar in there for some reason. But they took that image of the, the stila from a site called Yashchilan. So that's actually a king. Um, so his name is um, Yashun Balam. So they actually took that from a real monument. So that is from Yashilan, that middle part. Um, it looks like they took a piece from Bacal's sarcophagus too, because there's like a little element underneath him that looks like that. Um, and then over him, there's like a serpent head. And that's probably from Piedras Negras, a site there um, from Estila there. So they kind of like mashed a bunch of stuff together for that middle panel on every side. And then, okay. And then on either side of the middle panel, there's glyphs. So each side, okay, I don't know how to word this, but like there's only two sets of glyphs and each one, the opposite one is the same, but it's mirrored, um, if that makes sense. So if you're looking at like the north side, the south side will be the exact same glyphs, but they're reversed for some reason. It's just like they wanted to make them look different, but they kept the same ones because I guess they digitized the same ones. The glyphs on the one side with the smaller square glyphs, um, those are from the Temple of the Sun in Palenque. Um, and that talks about the birth and death of the sons of Pakal. So that's um, Khan Balam and Khan Hok Chitam. So it doesn't really have anything to do with what Nancy is talking about and what he's translated. <laughs> so they, they actually did a really good job, actually, in the whole museum digitizing the monuments. So they actually used... Pretty much all of them are real. Um, even the Rutherford slab, that one's real. 
um, but it's obviously not the Rutherford slab and it's not talking about what they're talking about it is. <laughs> but everything else, they pretty much do a good explanation of what it is. Um, I've actually seen, so the bicephalic monster one that is actually in the sculpture museum at Copan in Honduras um and they they did a really good job that's the only one I can remember I've seen I've probably seen more than one of them but that's the one that really stuck out to me when I saw it it was like a moment where I was like oh my gosh that's from this game I've seen it before um so yeah so that's the monolith in a nutshell and the sculpture garden Nice. That's really cool. Do we have anything else to say about this museum or Taylor Sinclair's office, Alejandro's? Oh, yeah. I wanted to. Okay. So since we are, we have Heidi over here, who is an archaeologist when it comes to Mayans. I wanted to ask about the museum itself and the exposition itself and how accurate what they say are. Uh, Also including the glyphs, the whole thing about the glyphs, like the numbering system, for example, is the the Mayan number system that how they described it in the game. Is it accurate? Um, Yeah, it is pretty, pretty accurate. For most things, the Maya glyphs, they do it phonetically, but then they also have some that are like character glyphs that mean different things. Um, You can, you can really tell they really tried hard. They did a lot of research, but some stuff is just slightly off. Uh, so when you're doing glyphs, if there's something that's even slightly off, it can completely change the meaning. So like we said earlier, if you have one of these tattoos, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's probably wrong. So like, so for example, like the water glyph, ha, huh? mm. it actually says ba, which means head. Oh. So I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh, oh. Um, in case you tattooed oh, water yeah. so on your body, there's just like little little things like that where you can tell they were like doing it from a book or they were trying to figure it out. So I mean, I give them credit. Like this, they did a really good job. You can tell they did research, um, but like their pronunciations of things, like Lady Zach Cook, like Pakal's mom, like that is not how mm-hmm. you say it. So oh, how do you say it? Um, it's like um, it's like more of an S sound. So it's like sock, and oh. then it's. Ook, like you put like a like a space in the middle oh. and it's like an ooh like an ood sound oh. so that's interesting that they didn't look up the pronunciation yeah. i mean in 2002 you probably couldn't hear anyone say it really. they didn't have google they didn't have they probably true. read it from a book and so they that's did true. their best they didn't have- <laughs> yeah i guess i didn't even the- think about that and there was there's probably wow, a lot less crazy. available to yeah to just find back then the number okay, the numbering system. Did they use uh the the dots and the lines and yes, the bars and dots. That was completely accurate. That part. So if you're ever looking at a monument, they always, always, always started off with the date of whatever they're talking about. So most, if you look at a stela, so if you look at any Maya stela sculpture and it's got glyphs on it, if you look at the top left, it will pro- you'll see bars and dots. Um, next to the different calendar symbols so if you really if you look at the calendar symbols from the game and you look at the bars and dots you can kind of figure it out so um but that is accurate the bars and dots so we did learn something glyph wise um so it's always fun to be like you can tell what number they're talking about (laughs) and the the heads of the the different heads for the numbers was it also accurate i 
I don't know about those. Um, I know that they do use, like I said, they do um, different stuff like that, but I didn't, we didn't actually know those numbers. So I don't know if those are correct or not based on the other stuff. I'm not sure. But yeah, for those, I'm sure it exists somewhere, but I'm just not sure about if those were accurate or not. There were a few other things too in the game that were slightly off. Like there was an Aztec sun disc on the floor in the, at the foot of the pyramid. Um, and a lot of people mistake that for Maya stuff. So I can see why they would, because if, if you Google like Maya calendar, the Aztec sun disc always comes up. Um, so I can see why they would get that wrong. And then the ball game... So in the pyramid, when you're playing the ball game, you you don't use your hands in the in the real playing of the ball game. You like hit it with your hips and stuff. So that was kind of inaccurate too. Oh, the but, one I where mean, you you throw the ball in the yeah, basket. where you're playing like basketball. <laughs> it's yeah, you like in the real game, you play with you like hit it with your hips. I don't know how they would do that, but they did it somehow. Huh. Um, and then we already talked about the glyph on the paper on with the handprint. Um, it was definitely not that. Mm-hmm. So, and um, about, uh, okay, there was a glyph, ek, and mm-hmm. it, it signifies black. Was that yes. one accurate? So that is kind of accurate. They use that, like if you're looking at a, like if they have a, a jaguar, it'll have black spots on it that are, like they have the cross hatching like that. So it means darkness, but... I don't know if it's actually used on its own to mean black, but they use it to like, they use it for black. Like they'll put it on a Jaguar as it's black spots. So that one was, that one was pretty good. Um, the one for ink was not accurate. We didn't know what the one for throne was. So they, I, they, and I have to give them some credit. They really tried. They did a great, great job digitizing the monuments. Like those all looked amazing. We recognized all of them. Um, you know, the whole environment just seems great. Like they put a lot of details into it, even the doors in the pyramid. They put so many paintings like they just did a really good job, I think, with the environment. Um, but there was just a few little mistakes um, uh. in in what they did. But that was I mean, if you just think about how they did it, then that it all makes sense. So um, I'm, I'm I'm giving them a good thumbs up. But there was just a couple mistakes, but it's okay. The puzzles in the puzzles in the temple, uh, were they all the questions were they accurate? For the most part, um, I would say yes, yeah. Um, are there are the, some of the questions that were weird or the Maya Supreme God one, Itzamna? It was. I mean, it. That's all well, we know. Is Sina Balducci, the real answer. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's the real answer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's kind. It's not like they kind of make it sound like he's like the number one, but that's not really what it is. They think of time weird, like so he's older than the other gods, and they think he. I don't know. It's. I was talking with my husband about this because we didn't. I didn't fully understand it. I was like, we were talking about how they could get that as an answer, and they think he might have made other gods there's like different rounds in their creation mythology it's called the popol vu but there's like different rounds of creation apparently and he's in an older round i don't know it's it's complicated and i don't fully understand it so i can't fully explain it um but that was the only one that that was kind of like eh, i guess that's okay uh. that i can think of off the top of my head other than the Quadamundi one um so there is this whole exposition about like this um, 
explanation about who King Pakal is? Was it all accurate? Did they get it right? Uh, the whole uh, his the translation of his name. Um, also, um, how he was buried, wearing the jade death mask, stuff. You know, stuff like this. Did they get it? Yeah, right? for yeah, they did. Um, actually, his name. It has it's like Lord Shield Pakal, and in his in his glyph, it's actually a shield like his name. Um, so that's how you can easily recognize his name if you're looking at it. It looks like a Maya shield. Um, but yeah, no, that was pretty accurate. Um, he thought he was, you know, the best. He's a really, really popular, well-known king. Um, Would you consider him one of the greatest or the greatest um, ruler of the body? Probably. I'd, I'm not sure, but he did a lot. So, um, and then what was the second part of your, your question? <laughs> I, I was just asking, like, <laughs> would you consider, yeah, what, one of the greatest rules of the my classical period? Because that's how the museum portrayed him. I really wish, so he was buried with an, a jade mask like that. And it, I think it was funny how they, they made the carving seem like it was more important than the death mask. They thought they had that there, but it was just like sitting there. But mm-hmm. that is like a huge thing. <laughs> so that would have been like really prominently displayed. Um, it's really awesome. Um, but also they didn't show, I was surprised they didn't show his sarcophagus lid. That's like a really, really cool carving. Um, they kind of show it in the tomb, like in the, in the temple but i wish they would have put more emphasis on that because it is it is an awesome piece um not to talk about aliens but a lot of people bring it up about aliens because they're like pakal's sitting in a spaceship but he's not he's sitting on like a world tree on the um a saba tree in the on the sarcophagus lid um but yeah Mm. the, the jade death mask was a real thing and it is really awesome so google all these things if you're listening and look at them because they're really cool and google all of the monuments in the museum um because they're all real and so so oh that's another thing too so the the monuments and the pieces in the um the different cases they're all pretty good but some of them they have the scale super off so there'll be something in a display case but in reality it's like a six foot tall like statue (laughs) Interesting. Yeah. So you can tell they like did it from a book. Like they were looking at a picture and then made it. Um, and they didn't realize that it's like yeah, a super tall thing. Yeah. Um, what about the, oh, yeah. the the little... So what about the statues, um, stone tablets in the, the gardens? They are, were they all like also accurate? To the- yeah. So all those um, steely, all of those sculptures in the garden are amazing. They really did a great job digitizing those. Um, I don't know what word you actually use digitizing. I don't know what the, the term is, but they did a really great job putting those in the game. Um, they The descriptions of them are pretty accurate. Um, where they're from is accurate. It's kind of what's going on in them isn't always 100% accurate but they look great um you can google their names um and find them where like some of them will say like beach hill permanent collection so obviously those aren't there (laughs) um like i said before the bicephalic which i think it's pronounced bicephalic but i don't think they wanted to say the word phallic (laughs) 
in the in game. game. I don't remember what. Did, how did they say it in the so game? They say like the bicephalic monster. Most oh. people call it the cosmic monster. Um, oh. But yeah, that one's at that one's in Copan. Like I said, that's the one I that I really had a moment with where I was like, "Wow, it's from the game." <laughs> oh wow so that one that one's beautiful that's so but cool. they did they did a great job ah all right so there you wouldn't say there's any inaccuracies in the game that really bothered you like something that each eat you up like oh they they it, it, it's uh it's it they try to get it right, but like it was so wrong. It's something that really bothers you in the game. Other than the glyphs, not really. Mm. You can tell they they really really tried. Like you can tell they really put a lot of effort into um, making the monuments look great. You can tell they really really tried. So and even the glyphs, like there's only like tiny mistakes to make them completely mean something else. And glyphs are really hard. Nice. They're really hard. Yeah, I was wondering how they handled the glyphs. Like it, it must have been super hard to to find like how to utilize them or find the meanings yeah, for the game. It's, it's yeah, it's really really hard. Um, but like yeah, the the monolith. They I thought it was really really cool how they really made a mashup from different sites. Like there's like I said, there was stuff from Yashilan, Piedras Negras, which is in Guatemala. Um, Yashilan's in Mexico, but then Piedras Negras is in Guatemala. Um, they have stuff from a site called Kirigua in Guatemala, Palenque. So they they really took pieces from a bunch of different monuments from a bunch of different places and still put them together. Um, it doesn't look super natural. Like the way they put the glyphs on there is not how it would be in a normal monument, but they still like pieced it together. So it looked like it matched kind of the rest of the monuments that were there. So even though that was their own creation, they still took real stuff to try to make it look as authentic as possible. So I thought that was good. So um, the monolith uh, or, a, or a monolith, is that is it a real thing or is it it's, made up? They never use the term monolith. So most things... So they have... How should I say this? So each site, you'll see these statues. They call them stela. They're taller than than like a human, um, but they usually have a. They're tall and they're horizontal, and they've usually got a person on it. It's usually the king, and then they talk about him or something that happened. He's usually wearing like warrior clothes, or um, he'll be dressed like a god, and it talks about some event, something that happened on the back. So those are all over the place. That's the closest thing I can think of to what they would call a monolith. So like the middle panel. On the monolith would be its own sculpture called a stela, like with the king um, Yashun Balam on it. Um, but there's nothing really like they wouldn't have made an upright square tomb thing that opens with a key. That's that's not really accurate. Um, and then they also don't normally use the term monolith. So um, it, at least in Mesoamerican archaeology, I think they do in like European archaeology, but they never they never really do in mesoamerican archaeology uh so like the whole thing about the whisper and a, the, a scribe getting uh getting um uh trapped inside of something by king pakal that's all made up yeah right? that was made up as far as i know i don't think that actually happened but also just because they made it a woman and that's not usually a thing it's usually a, a male scribe um and then her name um i think it was Kiwapili or something like that. Amashi Amashkali. 
Um, that's I think that's more of an Aztec name. So I think I don't I don't think that's a real story mm. as far as I know. Now there was a connection between Copan in Honduras and Palenque, but it was near the end of Copan. The dad of the last ruler, Yash Pasa, married a woman from Palenque, so they made the big journey from Palenque down to Copan, and they're kind of connected. And you can see there's some monuments that have the Palenque glyph on them in Copan. So there there was a connection between Copan and Palenque. So I thought that was interesting that they made those two connected. So so they knew something about the history of both of the places. So they did their research. Interesting. Well, that will be all the questions for the, the environment. <laughs> Uh, I have notes about the puzzles, but I think we kind of talked about them. Mm-hmm. I... So I will say that the maze puzzle is reused. The computer maze puzzle that's reused from Message in a Haunted Mansion. I have to say this podcast opened my eyes to how you open the map. And I had no idea. You the For end. 20 years. <laughs> I had no idea. I'm not the only one that's long two years. Oh my gosh. That's two people we've brought on this pod that have told me they didn't know that you pressed the M. <laughs> I feel seen. I feel heard because... It was mind Jade, Jade is the real gamer over here. She's a real gamer. <laughs> it doesn't tell you no. to press yeah. M, does it? No, I was it just, doesn't. Does it really? It, okay. it I was doesn't. Just, you just wander around blindly yeah. for so long. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's like a life hack. You can press M to make it. It takes like three seconds to finish it after that. Before it takes like forever. (laughs) You're just going around in circles. Um, I will say that um, this game apparently has like a lot of, I don't know if you guys noticed, a lot of milestones for the series. One, it's the first game in which her interactive became an independent distributor. Um, It's the first game to feature the new logo for the series. It's the first game to have mention and appearances of the Hardy Boys, Sunny June and Krollmeister. It's the first game to have a task list and notes besides from the journal in Haunted in a Mansion, uh, in Message in a Haunted Mansion. And it's the first game to feature a trailer for the next one at the end. Oh, interesting. I didn't realize that. Also, some funny things is Joanna has the same coat as Maddie Jensen, Abby Cider Cideris Cideris and Professor Hotchkiss. Huh. Did anyone else notice that? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, I didn't notice the coat, no, but that's they all interesting. have the same outfit, just changed the color. Oh my gosh. Um I feel like do we don't have anything else to say about gameplay? Anything? I will say this though. All of the puzzles, or maybe 99% of the puzzles, it's it's all just museum shenanigans. Like, <laughs> But you know what, though? Like, I actually like that because I think that the challenges in this game are more realistic. Like, especially in the beginning, like, your puzzles are, like, doing, like, actual museum chores. So it feels more like you actually are the person solving the mystery as opposed to, like, later in the series, they have a lot of, like, really unrealistic puzzles. I always bring up in Sea of Darkness how they have the 2048 to like the lighthouse. But I don't know. I like that they have more like realistic puzzles. Yeah, it's 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 like um 
Um, yeah, if you are one who loves um, who loves puzzles, that it's it's not it doesn't come out of nowhere. Like yeah, that lighthouse puzzle, like what the heck? Then yeah, you will love Secret of the Scarlet Hand. All of the puzzles do serve a purpose, whether it is to fulfill your your duty as a curator, assistant curator, or just to get through the museum, just one level to the other. Mm-hmm. Until you find the, the carving inside the tomb, inside the, the coffin. So I will say this though, I will give them props that that they do, if it is one of those games where the puzzles are not random. The puzzles, yeah, you do your job or you have to get to somewhere and it is integrated with the environment. Like it's not, it is not random. Although... Although personally, I never really, I, I never really minded that sort of stuff. Probably that, pr- that's probably why I love Labyrinth of Lies. <laughs> but <laughs> I never, the fact that puzzles were out, were non-realistic, never, never really bothers me. But in in this game, yes, it is it is museum sh- shenanigans. But if you do, yeah, if you do want realistic puzzles, this is the game for you. In this case, though, it is pretty annoying. It is pretty annoying to have to go back and forth and uh, for that quiz. It was really really annoying. Um, that bowl puzzle in the temple. The, this this game gave us ball, and honestly, I would have to deduct points for ball. Ball should straight <laughs> up go to hell. Um, <laughs> the rest of the puzzles were fine. Uh, the rest of the puzzles were fine. Um, honestly, unlike a lot of people, didn't mind the whole like putting the audio with the with uh the exposition it was okay uh the numeral putting the the glyphs in numerical order also was was okay it was it was i mean it's a game about mayan history it it is a game about mayan culture and history i mean it it is in theme it is in theme both can go to the hell uh that basketball puzzle (laughs) can go straight to hell as well (laughs) i'm gonna have to do this yeah, that one was. It's frustrating because if you mess up, you have you get sent all the way back to the beginning. So Honestly, like, oh, like if it, there was one of those points where I'm like, Nancy, you were able to burn down a hotel in a carnival. Why why can't you burn down a museum just now? Like I could, <laughs> I could straight up set a fire to bowl. <laughs> I hated this puzzle. I hated bowl so much. Anyway, but the rest of the puzzles were were okay or good so i will give them that oh also i wanted to mention that this game has this game has insane triggers uh especially when it comes to to calling people phone conversations you have to call certain people at certain hours and you have to call them back over and over again for them to do what you want them to do you have to go back to apologize to prudence to you know apologize for being insensitive towards her when you call her out on her bullshit i don't know (laughs) there's also a way to get like stuck in the game i don't i forget how exactly you do it but like if you don't do some steps in a certain order then you can never ask franklin rose about prudence and so you'll never get the fire oh my gosh which kind of oh, sucks. It, I, it didn't happen to me this t- 
time around, but I feel like it has happened to me before. And I, it's definitely happened to me. And I, it was, I was like super frustrated. I also remember how it, how I couldn't reach out Chaco Canyon Center. It was impossible. I called every, yeah. every hour of the day. Couldn't which, do it. Which phone did you use? You have to call. F- you have to call yeah. from the hotel. That's the thing. The, oh, the how you have to use certain phones to call was weird to me. Yeah, it's very another strange. thing. <laughs> another thing, though, the phones. Fuck the phone. Fuck the phone numbers. Okay, the you old can... school. You have to remember it. Yes, not yeah. only you have to remember it, but the whole like, oh, whether you do just the five 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 number 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 or have the one. The, the three things but like in some of those they just they don't mention the one they they just do the 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 three numbers in parent parentheses the five 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 and the number 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 and it's like okay like if i i like if some kid were to play this how is he supposed to know he's supposed to put the one in front of the three numbers or to omit the regional the the regional number like the 805 or something like that in in parentheses parentheses like we're not all smart here we're not we don't Mm -hmm. all know how phones work we don't we don't all call in different regions and everything so I, I just, I think the secret is Scarlet Hand when it comes to phones. They thought we were, they, they treated us like we were supposed to know all that kind of stuff, but no, then no. Either have the, if we have to just do the 555 four numbers, then just write it like this. Don't add this bullshit, like the three numbers in parentheses. And think- if we have to do like the, the numbers of parentheses at put the one on the paper put the one na- in front of it what are you doing <laughs> i think uh this is a moment where the game's almost 20 year uh existence is showing how it's it's the old school when you probably would have known that in 2002 if you called people on a landline no kids yeah. no kids well, yeah, no kids okay <laughs> i don't know probably <laughs> Yeah, well, because the, yeah, no, because the three numbers of the area code, but I think, I don't think you have to do this anymore, but back then you had to dial one for America and then there was like a different number if you were dialing an international. But local versus long distance too. So if it was long distance, you have to do one and then the area Mm -hmm. code. But if it was a local number, like when you call the the, uh, Cinnabar guy, that's like a local store number. So then you would just have to dial the 555, whatever. But yeah, it's now a historical document showing how phones worked in 2002 (laughs) yeah i mean franklin rose has a rolodex (laughs) so that tells you how old this game is oh yeah we never said anything about franklin rose yeah franklin rose was there does it matter yeah it doesn't matter franklin (laughs) rose is mr rose okay let's 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 move on (laughs) So then I don't have anything else other than um, a funny fact that Nancy complains about how heavy the stones are. And if she tries to go to the rotunda, she will drop them. But like, it's totally a shorter distance than to the monolith. That's true. (laughs) Oh, do we want to talk about the music? I mean, I think Kev, what is his name? Kevin Manthe? I think that's the name. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to him. I don't want to say his last name. I think he went off on this music. I was a fan I mean, I wish it wasn't so repetitive, like it just constantly cycles. 
through yeah. the different music, but I thought it was pretty good. The music is good, but like it it, it keeps cu- going again and again and again, especially No, it's not it's the whole whole game. The it's the same music for the whole game. There are some sometimes it's like <laughs> when you pick up one of the carvings. <laughs> It's like a flute music. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's like really kind of like popular within the games because like you also kind of hear that happening in um, Message in the Royal Tower. There's when you pick up the certain stuff or do certain things, you get little music playing. But, oh yeah, you talked about that. But there are different tracks. Uh, not just this one. There are three different, I, rem- I recall three different tracks but the one that sticks the most in my brain because I heard it too much is the the one that sounds is like it, it's uh it's it's the not the guitar the, no. it's the string instrument. I don't know what you're I talking told about. Them. <laughs> I, I, apparently, no I'm told that. There's well, the guitar. Y'all, y'all played the game. You know what I'm talking about. There's the guitar one, and then there's the one with like the people that are like, Rawr. you know what I'm talking about. Those are the two <laughs> that I remember. I, okay, I guess we we okay. When it comes to music, we're not the department here. We're not the department for the music. But oh, oh, I will say goodness. good, good. And if that's it, that's everything I have to say. I don't know about y'all, but we can move into our overall opinions and our scores yeah, about this sounds game. Good to me. Who would like to go first today? Uh, I can go first. So this game is actually one of my favorites because it was the first Nancy Drew game I ever played back when I was a kid. Um, so it has a lot of sentimental value for me, which I think makes me feel like it's like a better game than it actually is. Because looking back, like it's still a really good game, but um, there are some things that I think don't hold up as well. Like the, the gameplay can be a little clunky sometimes, like with the controls. And um, one thing that I as I like and also dislike is the fact that like it feels more realistic as a mystery because Nancy kind of starts out doing something else. And then she kind of eases into the mystery. But at the same time, I was watching a streamer play it today and it took her like two hours to actually get to the mystery. So I was like, I don't know, like like, it could have, I guess, taken less time. Like the puzzles do take a little while to solve before the actual mystery starts. So I think it's like a good and bad thing. So I guess overall, I would give this one an eight out of 10. I can go next. Uh, I'll be short. So uh, (laughs) I, I... I have some fondness over this game. My feelings on this game overall is that I have a lot of fondness over this game, but mostly about Henrik and Alejandro. Um, I love some cute hot boys. I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> I cannot I cannot let my horniness detect, detect, di- dictate about the overall game. So... If I'm gonna have to be honest, if, if I'm gonna have to be honest, this game was kind of torturous. It was torturous to go through. I will have to give this a 6 out of 10. And I'm so sorry to my boy Alejandro and Eric. I love you so much. But yeah, I it's it's a no. <laughs> it's it, like you, you are passable. You are passable. I will play it for maybe once every two years i guess but it's not 
It is not up there for me, but it's not bad. Don't get me wrong. It is not bad. It's just slightly torturous to play,、um, especially when it comes to the gameplay and you know triggering the events, the mystery, and all of that.、Um, it's just. It's just not my cup of tea. It is not the. If I were to think about a museum game,、uh, if someone were to ask me, "Oh, I love museums. I love Nancy Drew. What, what, what would you recommend me?"、Uh, I'm sorry to say this, not Secrets of the Scarlet Hand. <laughs> yes,、Sad. yeah, it, it pains me to say because、uh, two of the characters are super hot and I love them, and one of them is uh, probably uh, I um. <laughs> I、uh, probably my husband, my second husband, if I could. <laughs> whoa, whoa! Yeah, which one are you talking about here? My husband? No, wait, hold on. Okay, yeah, no,、uh, okay, second and third husband. There you go. I said it. I said it. Like, I, I got. I can't.、Choose. She's gonna be pushing me off a pyramid next. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes, yeah. Like, I mean, watch out, watch out, Heidi. <laughs> Because I am I am secretly Prudence Rutherford coming for your husband. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so overall feelings about this game, I do really enjoy this game. It's in a museum. It's something different. But I will agree with Tina that I do prefer when we're in Greece and that museum and like that whole like plotline of it a little bit. Like I I also just really like Greece. Nothing against Mayan art. I just am partial to that. As someone who's like worked in an art museum before, um. I have a very strong appreciation for all art. So like this was a lot of fun to watch, but also it made me very angry to watch Nancy grab everything without gloves, and then Sunny June also messing with everything and ruining everything that like museums do, and like touching everything and opening all the cases. And the fact that there's like no like alarm systems on these cases is also just kind of like bl- mind blowing. But this was 2002, and times have changed where you can't get into cases that. You And mess with stuff. So I really did enjoy this game.、Uh, would I play it often? No,、uh, not really high up there on my list of what I would play currently.、Um, there's just a lot of things you have to trigger, and my brain probably would have such a hard time figuring out what I needed to do next. Even with a task list, I struggle. But I would probably give this、mm, six out of ten. We'll do six out of ten. So for me, this is one of those. Special things to me that was life changing to me as a child.、Um, it was my first time learning about the Maya. It was my first time learning about kind of museums and archaeology, and it really set me up to do what I'm doing today. Like, I probably wouldn't have done this stuff if I didn't play this game, which seems crazy, but it's like th- I I thought about this game and. It was so important to me as a child, and it really reflected later on in my life what I wanted to do. So, going off of that, and also with Nancy Drew games, I prefer more real-world,、um, realistic, logical puzzles、um, like the tasks that you do in the museum,、um, and I prefer、uh, conversations that. Kind of are step by step and all kind of make sense.、Um, so, like some of the later games, I feel like. The conversation doesn't make as much sense.、Um, so this game is kind of everything I want in both life and the game, <laughs> and in Nancy Drew games. So I, this, if I'm if I'm rating the games based on the games, the other games. So this one would be my ten out of ten game,、um, and then everything else is kind of under that to me. So I know 
I'm a little biased because I love archaeology, obviously. So this to me mm-hmm. is my 10 out of 10 game. Like it doesn't get better than this for me um, for both sentimental reasons and my preference for gameplay. No, I totally get it. There's some games I rate high because of the history. Mm-hmm. So yeah. and all the mm-hmm. history fun facts because I'm a big history nerd. Mm-hmm. All right. That's our conclusions, and then we'll do our outro after I finish stretching, because I'm very stretchy. Thank you so much for joining us today. I just want to give a big thank you to our special guest. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. This was so exciting. Um, I absolutely loved it and had a great time. So thanks so much. I'm glad yeah. you enjoyed it. Yeah, thank you so much thank for joining. For coming. It was a lot of fun. I loved hearing everything you had to say all like the cool little facts you had to say so thank you i hope it wasn't too boring (laughs) no not at all no not at all fascinating you can find the real housewives of river heights on any podcast streaming service such as apple Podcasts and spotify check out our patreon for bonus content and to access our episodes early follow us on all of our social media links will be in the bio thank you again and goodbye Bye. bye bye And I hit the stop button.